Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, make sure to check us out in Discord and YouTube. With that said, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. <laughs> with that said, Jake, it's been a couple days. How's it been? I know Twitter space has been blowing up, but how you been? Actually, I've been following a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, Isn't that I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good. Uh I'm really, really busy at my day job, but uh, I've been very much interested, even though the market's gone down a bit, uh, it hasn't gone down in my portfolio. Hmm. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Anyways, this content is for entertainment purposes only. Any comments made by us, the host, or any guests we may have on the show is not financial advice. Back to you, John. All right. Let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin. Settling at $69,196.80 with a seven-day loss of 7.5% and a market cap of $1.13 trillion. Um, that didn't sound right. $1.13 trillion. There you go. Uh, number two, Ethereum settling at $4,300.65 with a seven-day loss of 7.3% and a market cap of $509 billion. Number three, Binance Coin settling at $582.74 with a seven-day loss of 4.7% and a market cap of $97 billion. Number four, USDT settling at $1 with a 0.3% loss in the past seven days and a market cap of $74 billion. Number five, Solana settling at $218.27 with a seven-day loss of 6.4% and a market cap of $66 billion. Number six, Cardano. Settling at $1.89 with a seven-day loss of 9.8% and a market cap of, let's see, $60 billion. Number seven, XRP. Settling at $1.13 with a seven-day loss of 5.1% and a market cap of $53 billion. Number eight, Polkadot. Settling at $42.70 with a seven-day loss of 9.1% and a market cap of $45 billion. Number nine, USD coin settling at $1 with a seven-day loss of 0.4% and a market cap of $34 billion. Number 10, Dogecoin settling at 23 cents with a seven-day loss of 6.8% and a market cap of $31 billion. And of course, you got Chiba, Ava, Terra and Litecoin. Wow, Litecoin's up there. Wrapped Bitcoin and a bunch of others. Yeah. We are obviously in a bloodbath this afternoon here on the Pacific. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not even sure why, to be honest. I'm not sure why the market's I do. down. To me, I know it, why. Yeah, but to me, I, I was going to say it doesn't really matter because I don't day trade. I don't you know, buy, sell, buy, sell. Diamond hands, stronghold. Your overall total market cap is at... 2.77 trillion dollars up by 2.1 percent hmm, there you go make sure you collect your daily candies on coingecko.com obviously i've already done that today um and yeah so you can get some free rewards sometimes they're nfts or some good discounts or some digital books all right nice book 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> Remember, if you appreciate our content, please like and subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. Check us out on Discord. There's lots of activities going on in there. If you'd like to contribute to Patreon, we have three different plans. You can get extra uh, exclusive information from Patreon if you subscribe. If you would like to donate, we accept Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, and Basic Attention Token. All the information is in the description below, 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 below. Actually, we've been pretty, uh, pretty active on on Twitter, man. The, the group has been yeah. meeting like almost daily. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, lots of information because that chat, the uh, what would have been our uh, chip crypto chilling chat on Sundays has turned into a daily event. Yeah, <laughs> which is what I'm okay with it. That's it is what it is. People want to talk more. That's fine. I mean, crypto's on fire. Let's keep talking about it, man. Yep, certainly is. All right, there we go. So on to the news. You want to take the first, or you want to take the first? Let's gamble. Ready? Paper, <laughs> scissors, rocks. All right, what did you get? Uh, I. That's very strange. Uh, I'll say rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take the first one because I had scissors. Okay. All right, first one written by Kate. By the way, we're reading our news from decrypt.co. First news by Kate Irwin. Constitutional Constitution Dow hits $30 million in Ethereum raised one day before Sotheby's auction. In less than a week, the decentralized autonomous organization Constitution Dow has raised over $30 million in Ethereum to purchase a copy of the U.S. Constitution that will be auctioned by Sotheby's tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Dow's initial goal was to raise $15 million to $20 million, which is the auction house estimated, uh, estimated value of the historical document. Constitution Dow began less than a week ago, but has quickly attracted over 15,000 contributors donating an average of $2,000 each. Last night, NFT cur curation studios and investments from firm Metaversal contributed $1 million, an act which inspired an anonymous donor to, con to contribute $4 million to the effort. The Dow's mission remains the same, to win the auction and keep this copy of the Constitution in the public sphere. Web3 is somewhat about decentralizing public good. Supporter Ita Seedler explained, and what can be considered a public good if not the constitution that founded the country? Dow contributor Nicole Ruiz explained on a Twitter space today that the team doesn't have a, plan home, a planned home for the document, but wants to to house it at a museum or archive that is free to access. Fellow DAO members are also exploring the idea of having the Constitution copy travel to multiple locations so those in remote locations can see the famous document. The DAO began collecting money via fundraising platform Juicebox on November 14th, according to Constitution DAO contributor Packy McCormick. The project raised $3 million in its first 12 hours, but Donations have continued to pour in, and the Dow has continued to raise its donation cap. Okay, scroll on down here to the bottom. There's a lot here. Uh, let's see. Then there's well, contributors David Silverman highlighted the benefits of using decentralized autonomous organization flat structures that run on the blockchain and use digital tokens to vote on decisions over traditional uh, hi hi hierarchical structures. There really, there isn't really any analog that can spin up 
in less time than three days, he explained. And using cryptocurrency to handle the don donation flows guarantees that everyone is able to contribute around the world without having to wait. You know, worrying about waiting for banking, uh, banking clearance and currency conversions of all kinds of other settlements. While Const Constitution Dow has found quick success, it has nonetheless faced several challenges. One of the group's largest hurdles has been trying to explain how Ethereum works with those unfamiliar with blockchain technology and high gas fees. Constitution Dow said that supporters have had to pay Ethereum network transaction fees of $40 to $100 for a single donation. Ouch. Then there's actual purchase. Uh, then there's the actual purchase of the document. A spokesperson for the project said blockchain-based nonprofit endowment will serve as the purchasing entity to sponsor custody and education of the of the of the Constitution until Constitution Dow establishes itself as a 501c3. But according to supporter Graham Novak, this is all just as new as the Constitution itself once was. What we're trying right now is the great decentralization blockchain experiment, he said. I think this is a good point to make about this, is that the, the points they made about people sending uh, contributions from other countries and other, other um, currencies, and then just getting the banking industry to move its butt is really one of the major factors here. How'd they, how'd they come up with $30 million in such a quick time from the time it was announced, right? Mm -hmm. Blockchain. As long as you got the, the cash to overcome the tra the transaction fee, which is still not going to a bank, it's just going to you know the, the network. Mm -hmm. It's you can send money immediately right now. Four million? Yeah, no problem. Oh, that's how much is four million dollars or a thousand ETH? Okay, no problem. <laughs> send it. Done. I have to talk to your bank. You have to find out. Oh, well, what about this exchange? And what about that exchange? And what about you know? Can I get a wire transfer? Oh, you guys don't have the funds uh, funds on hand. Okay. Hey, if you got the money, you got the money. Just send it. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate. I really, really appreciate that. When I sold my house, it took two weeks to do the wire transfer of the cash between the bank and myself. Jeez. And it's like, really? Uh, you guys don't have the money? No, no. We have to queue it, and we have to, you know, get it authorized, and we have to make sure that this is actually correct. And I, I, you're right. I agree. That's your money, and, and you're the bank. You get to do what you want with your money. If you want to take two weeks to do it, fine. Um, but if it was an individual. And they had the cash. Here you go. Here's the money. So it's just it became all bureaucratic. That's why the the Fed is all up in arms about you know people going, how dare you send money? That could be illegal. What if it isn't? Well, what if it is? I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds like you're making an assumption here. <laughs> all money transfers not checked by the Fed are illegal. Is what they're basically saying. Sure. Absolutely. Crypto exchange volume data suggests sports deal frenzy may be working. What? That's by Stacey Elliott. It's becoming difficult to find a professional sports league or team without at least a few cryptocurrency sponsors. Crypto.com revealed yesterday that it acquired the naming rights to the Los Angeles Air Arena, formerly known as Staples Center, in a 20-year contract for $700 million. This, in part is likely what caused Crypto.com coin, or CRO, to jump as much as 30% today. It did. It's one of the few coins that's up. The Hong Kong-based crypto exchange has a deal with that adds a branded patch to the Philadelphia Sixers jersey for the next six years. 
This summer, the company inked a five-year, $100 million deal with Formula One that guarantees the company brand presence at F1 events and an NFT partnership. It's also paying $175 million over the next five years to the Ultimate Fighting Championships, otherwise known as UFC, in a sponsorship deal. $175? Wow. Wow. It's not alone. FDX and Coinbase Coinbase, pardon me, have been busy with their own sponsor, uh, sports marketing deals. Uh, a decrypt analysis of CoinGecko exchange data shows that the sports sponsorship frenzy could be paying off. Binance is the world's largest exchange by volume. Has uh, Binance, we also already said that, has started to lose ground as a long-standing dominant exchange, according to the data. At one point in the last 30 days, it accounted for 58% of the volume of the top five exchanges, Binance, Coinbase, Huobi, Crypto.com, and FTX. CoinGecko ranks exchanges by a trust score that is partly based on the exchange's volume, but also includes liquidity, cybersecurity, and scale. But today, Binance was down to 45%, while Coinbase, Crypto.com, and FTX had all gained in volume. Sounds like Binance is losing. Maybe it's all that weird news crap they've been doing. That doesn't prove that the bump in the exchange volumes was not caused by all the sports deals. Still, the gains have likely not gone unnoticed by the people signing the checks for all these deals. On Friday, FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried tweeted a screenshot of exchange volumes showing that his company had comfortably secured the number two spot behind Binance. There's a tweet picture of it if you're looking on YouTube. Boosting name recognition and therefore users has recently been a popular talking point for Bankman Reed. When, I guess it's fried, anyways. <laughs> then uh, someone looked to get into the, uh, pardon me. When someone's looking to get into uh, crypto for the first time, we found that they haven't heard of FTX, he said last week at the Decrypt Yahoo Finance Crypto Goes to Mainstream event. And that's a big part of the reason his company has spent as much as, as it has on sports marketing, he explained. There's a recent survey data, survey data that backs up the strategy of targeting sports fans. While 39% of all adults say they have some familiarity with cryptocurrencies, that number jumps to 47% among the segment that identify as sports fans, according to a recent poll conducted by Morning Consult. 27% of those fans said they are said they own some cryptocurrency and crypto familiarity seems to scale with a sports fans engagement two of the three self-proclaimed avid sports fans and 72 percent of sports betters said they're familiar with cryptocurrencies i mean maybe this is something to which you can speak but i haven't really been into sports in a long time but it is really really interesting to me to see how how many buttons you can push by just just calling out somebody's favorite sports team? The, the dedication and and uh, uh, identity that so many people have with their favorite sports team, even if their favorite sports teams is, I don't know, the Jets. Um, I'm only saying that because I've heard so much negativity about them. I don't know them from anybody, mm -hmm. but um, sure it has nothing to do with Gary uh, V. Are you trying to take a low block <laughs> Gary V or what? <laughs> um, Basically pointing out that I know nothing about sports anymore as I haven't really been paying attention to it since I was in high school. And yet some people's entire identity is based around sports, their car, their house, their clothing, probably even dozens of tattoos. Well, maybe yeah. not dozens, but at least at least one tattoo. Of sports? Um, a lot of people identify oh, yeah, well, I, heavily, yeah. 
heavily with sports and their favorite team. Yeah. And so I can That's definitely right. see why. I mean, come on. What, what's the most watched sport? And everybody says football, American football. It's probably, it's probably basketball. Um, uh, in America. America. I would say. No, so... no. I was thinking in, in, in America, it's probably football, American football. But I would say that Global? basketball holds a close second to, to uh, otherwise known as world or international football and mm -hmm. soccer in the United States. Right. Yeah. Basketball has a weirdly powerful and popular sport throughout really? the world. I, See, I don't even know that. Strange. I don't even know that. You know, I, know because much... I, <laughs> I don't know about it, but I'm not, I'm not a sports person in right. the sense of knowing what the teams are, the names are. I haven't been doing that since. You're a historian. You read up on the history of sports. Um, no? Okay. All I guess right. That's one way of putting it. I guess what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that the sports are important to people, and that's why they're getting into it. So. Hmm. All right. Next news written by Jeff Benson. A Robinhood uh, executives calls Coinbase crypto regulators' proposal just plain silly. Written by, yeah, Jeff Benson. A month ago, U.S. based exchange Coinbase proposed what it saw as the ideal solution for crypto's regulatory problem a new federal regulatory body. Dan Gallagher, the chief legal officer of Coinbase rival Robinhood, thinks that a non-starter, uh, think that's a non-starter. It's one of the most stupidest ideas I've ever heard in this space in a long time, he told attendees at the Georgetown University Financial Markets Quality Conference today. According to Gallagher, attempts to transfer authority from agencies such as the Securities and Exchange Com uh, Commission and Commodities Future Trading Commission would likely be incomplete and just add yet another proverbial cook in the kitchen. Coinbase's uh, digital asset policy proposal, published October 14th, presented a way to minimize the number of agencies cryptocurrencies actors might face. To avoid fragmented and inconsistent regulatory oversight over these unique and concurrent innovations, responsibilities over digital assets markets should be assigned to a single federal regulator. It wrote, Its authority would include a new registration process established for marketplaces for digital assets MDAs, and appro appropriate, appropriate disclosures to inform purchasers of digital assets. In response to Gallagher's comments, Coinbase issued a further statement. We welcome any decision on how to reform a system that isn't fit for purpose when it comes to crypto. But to be clear, our proposal never called for a new regulator. It was regulator agnostic. What it calls for is a crypto forward proposal uh, and not using old uh, pre precedents for new technology. Uh, we welcome the debate and if any... Others have con concrete ideas, share them. There's space for everyone to contribute, says uh, said Coinbase spokesperson. Who was that? Who's the spokesperson? Please tell me. Yeah, said A, not not the Coinbase, just yeah, A. Yeah. Said A Coinbase. Well, who is this A Coinbase spokesperson? <laughs> currently, the several uh, currently several agencies are keeping an eye on the digital asset space. The SEC is charged with regulating securities, which are roughly speaking tradable investments. In enterprises trying to make a profit, SEC Cherry Gary, SEC Cherry, Cherry, SEC Chair Gary Gensler declared in October that Coinbase had dozens of tokens that might be securities, even though it's not licensed to operate as a stock exchange. Then there's the CFTC, its acting chair, uh, Roston Roston Benham, Benham. 
Bechnam. Okay, that's good enough. Requested during his confirmation here in October that the Senate let it be the primary cop of the beat. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Yep. For digital assets. Despite his agency's traditional mandate to regulate derivatives markets, not commodities themselves, and a handful of other government actors are frequently involved in the space, including the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the banking regulators formerly led by the ex Coinbase executive Brian Brooks, as well as the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Additionally, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, Federal Reserve, and OCC joined in interagency team to coordinate crypto policies for banks. Gallagher, who served as a commissioner on the Securities and Exchange Commission during the Obama administration, cited well-meaning legislations put forward in the wake of the 2008-2009 financial crisis uh, pre- precipitated by default on subprime mortgages. Dodd-Frank set out to limit the number of agencies and provide clear jurisdictions, so they got rid of one agency and added three, he said. So we ended up net two, net two plus at Dodd-Frank, and with even more confusion about jurisdiction, so the idea of adding new regulator is just plain silly. Gallagher was referring to the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, which did away with the Treasury Department's Office of Thrift Supervision, merging its duties into the OCC, FDIC, Federal Reserve, and the newly created Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Dodd-Frank also formed the Financial Stability Oversight Council of the Office of Financial Research. (sighs) Jeez, no wonder they use acronyms. Yeah. <clears throat> Robinhood and Coinbase have both come under scrutiny as the two as as two of the largest US-based platforms for purchasing cryptocurrencies. But the two have taken separate approaches. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong has vowed to list every asset that's legal, prompting the exchange to rapidly add dozens of new coins and tokens this year. By contrast, Robinhood crypto COO Christine Brown has, insist on, has insisted on a more cautious approach that has limited the mobile trading app to just seven crypto assets. She, do, she told Decrypt last week, we want to make sure that we're working on assessing everything from regulatory perspective really well. Even if Coinbase's plans are silly, other people are thinking about the regulatory juggling act crypto actors face as well as the potential holes in the current environment. In in testimony today before the U.S. Congress Joint Economic Committee, Harvard Kennedy School Research Fellow Tim Massad told legislators, the CFTC can regulate Bitcoin futures the same way it regulates cattle futures. But the CFTC doesn't regulate the buying and selling of cows. Nobody regulates the buying and selling of Bitcoin other than the states. That's a very light touch. Okay, I, honestly, that last little paragraph, I, I got a little confused. What, what just happened there? I read it, but I don't. it doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> the CFTC I can regulate big... CFT- Go ahead. Epicam futures, the uh-huh. way it regulates cattle's futures, um, that is, you know, the, the projections for those different costs, but it doesn't regulate the actual buying and selling of the, you know, the, <laughs> the NFT cows. <laughs> uh, I get it. Individual individual cows don't get regulated. Uh, they're you know people can sell whatever they want to whomever they want for whatever they want. Um, but as far as futures goes, that's where they manage it. But the, it, per the point that was made earlier, I don't know if it was this article or another one we read, but it's basically you know protecting the consumer um, from and, and letting them know what's actually going on. 
it's this is the reason these agencies exist supposedly um i mean obviously the government likes to have a lot of people working for it doing all kinds of uh paper pushing jobs but the the point of having regulation at all is to try to make sure that we don't get corruption and or um you know uh terrorist activities going on with these with these things but also to try to get it's something that I personally think is it's good to to let people it it should be an information agency and not a regulation agency it's the the whole point is to make sure people don't get screwed right mm-hmm. this is the reason uh, what's yeah. her name um Elizabeth Warren was trying to, to do all this stuff she's like oh we need to regulate this it's like you should let people know what they should and shouldn't do with their money but you shouldn't tell them by the way you can't spend your money because it's basically saying sorry people you're too stupid to do this you can take a class on it but they don't want you to take a class on you they just don't want you to do it at all right and it's like yeah it, we don't regulate whether people buy too much coffee or too much alcohol we tried that and it didn't work mm-hmm. so the thing that bugs me about it in general is kind of like oh sorry you don't make enough money to invest in this says who no oh it says the government that's very strange to me it still is very strange to me so i mean i get it they're trying to protect people but from whom themselves <laughs> so if you're trying to protect me from myself i think there's a couple other things you need to stop me from doing like going to mcdonald's every day so anyways just have, have a strong feelings about this Continuing on with Crypto.com's coin jump price. Uh, yeah, we already read about that. Don't care. Uh, Tom Brady's autograph. Does that sound interesting? Uh, if you're into sports. I'm sure somebody here Not on really. the podcast likes sports. I'm sure somebody might, yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. probably likes sports. I mean, we're mostly geeks, but I'm... Anyways, Tom <laughs> Brady autograph platform grows retro with 8-bit Simone Biles NFTs. That's actually oh, kind of interesting. That's cool. Tom Brady has found success. Oh, who's this from? This is by uh, Andrew Hayward. Sorry, Andrew. Don't mean to forget you. Tom Brady has found success both in and out of NFL, including the cryptocurrency and NFT space. Autograph, the NFT platform, which Brady co-founded and serves as a co-chair of, went live in August and has sold uh, through all of its uh, sold through all of its initial drops, including those based on sports icons like Naomi Osaka, Tiger Woods, and Brady himself. Not Brady himself, but Tom Brady. Anyways, now the platform's second wave of sports NFTs. Autograph is shaking things up. All of the first wave sports NFTs on the marketplace looked nearly identical, like trading cards mixed with futuristic IDs. Mm -hmm. But its latest NFTs released yesterday look like they're straight out of the 80s. Because everybody's doing 8-bit, right, CryptoPunks? Yeah. New autograph dropped from Olympic gymnast Simone Biles is an 8-bit retro look with an animated Simone performing tricks and scenes like that look straight out of NES uh, game. Biles' high-score collection features NFT collectibles that show off some of her best-known moves, each with a pixel art character that Biles herself dubbed Lil Simone. That's according to Dylan Rosenblatt, CEO and founder of Autograph, who told Decrypt that the look was inspired by old-school technology plus the success of pixel art at NFT profile pictures in collections like, oh, did I not name it, CryptoPunks? That's probably because I know what they look like. Biles was keen on it and set and as well, he said. 
we are. We see this as a really interesting way of taking something from the past, putting it into a futuristic product, and then having it live forever on the blockchain, said Rosenblatt. It's the latest, and the autograph is calling the Mystery Goat series, <laughs> with each of the platform's major athletes set to release a separate stylized collection, releasing very trading card pack-like blind boxes. Unlike previous autograph drops, which varied which offered varying rarity levels ranging in price from $12 to $1,500 per NFT, you'll likely pay a fixed price and randomly receive one of the collection's pieces. Last week, Autograph kicked off its collection with Wayne Gretzky's Gold on Ice NFTs, which will be revealed to buyers next week. Gretzky's NFTs won't look like Biles collectibles, nor future drops in Brady's Woods or others athletes on the platform. In Gretzky's case, the NFTs are inspired by five of the hockey legend's top pro hockey records, which he, which the retired athlete wrote out and had digitally scanned to be featured in the tokenized collectibles. And here's a video on Twitter. Every athlete was able to co-author their collection and choose a moment from their career that they wanted to celebrate, said Rosenblatt uh, of the new drops. So we'll all feature audio na uh, narration from the athlete in question, he added. An NFT is a, um, yeah, we got to know what that is. The market exploded. Yeah, we know what that is. Okay, Dapper Labs and NBA Top Shot helped the helped drive NFTs into the mainstream earlier this year and generating more than $700 million worth of trading volume in the process. However, the platform's activity has fallen off significantly since the spring and since uh, didn't see a sizable uptick in activity when the overall NFT market surged in recent months. Next, Dapper will launch an NFL platform while athletes will debut their own NFT collections in recent months. Additionally, Ethereum-based fantasy soccer game, so rare, has uh, Sorari, no, has, <laughs> so a mass, Classic. has a mass, yes, enormous investment as it looked to expand to other sports and leagues, while Candy Digital has quickly scaled while releasing official Major League Baseball NFTs. On the back of sold-out drops, Rosenblatt said that uh, Autograph has seen only rising interest in sports NFTs so far. The firm's approach is to work closely with its athlete partners to develop immersive collectibles, he said, with an emphasis on storytelling. Brady and Hawk have also engaged in Autograph's community directly via Discord Q&A sessions as well. Next up for Autograph is to bring is bringing that approach to other verticals, including movies and music. Autograph launched NFTs based on the Saw horror movie franchise in October and popular musician The Weeknd uh, to its board. Rosenblatt said that The Weeknd, who previously released his own NFTs via NFT Gateway, can help Autograph make an impact in the music collectibles market and drop its own NFTs too. So... Uh, this is basically just talking more about the same thing. Right, yeah. uh, what can I continue on? But I just want to make the last point. If there is a last point here. Oh, that's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sports, NFTs. Woo! I actually kind of think that's kind of cool about someone Biles. Yeah. But I, I, the thing I'm trying to figure out is I, I want to make a commentary here on NFTs and my personal feelings about it. It it feels very hype still feels like yes it's a unique thing technically and i'm not saying nfts are bad i'm just saying that it feels very like the nft concept isn't really of a particular value other than to you know just a picture tied to the blockchain um, i know they have audio and video and other things like that they're on there too and i'm not saying that's not cool 
I still think it's it's like and there was already this art available. Why is everybody so super excited about this? Well, like I said, it's the hype. Mm-hmm. And hype does pull people in. It's the FOMO. People are just like, oh, I got to get that too. And I guess. Hashtag. Very hesitant, but. Buy my book. What, <laughs> what I'm, not, I'm not saying that there isn't a practical purpose to NFTs. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is that it still feels like a lot of hype. And, and yeah. Yeah. There's, if there's a practical reason for it, like John's book being on blockchain you could buy his book off blockchain. You could mm-hmm. buy his book on blockchain. Either mm-hmm. way, um, there is a proof that that the book is there and that you have a copy of it. Mm-hmm. But the, the content, like John's book, is a book. It's actually something he wrote not not recently, but a while ago. Um, and I can see other books being put or other music mm-hmm. or other video. But this right. stuff is just being created just for these purposes, as opposed to having already been created outside the NFT sphere. And to me. NFTs need a purpose more than just being NFTs. And that's, I think, the reason I'm putting this out there. I, I can't imagine paying it. Even if I had $8 million or $4 million or whatever million dollars, I just can't imagine just throwing it away like, oh, I got an NFT. That's great. Just, it, I feel like I feel like Elliot from Elliot and Ricky on, on Internet Today being an NFT doubter while following the NFT craze at the same time. <laughs> so why do I care? I, I don't even know. I if it's just for the sake of just for the sake of it's stupid but if it actually has a purpose it's awesome and that's the reason personally i like upland i know i'm going to push upland i've pushed upland before upland (laughs) has a purpose it actually does something even though they're not exciting it's just addresses in the world in their own ecosystem no different than decentraland right but Mm. it actually has a purpose and beyond just being an nft so i think this next article plays a lot into that what do you think considering that uh, NFT is going to be integrated into the metaverse. So let's check it out. Let's see what this says. Written by Andrew Hayward. No company can own the metaverse, says Epic Games CEO. The developing online metaverse has gotten a lot more attention lately on the back of Facebook's rebranding to meta. Not to mention this year's NFT market surge and rising interest in Ethereum-based metaverse games. Fortnite creator Epic Games similarly sees huge opportunity in the space but its CEO isn't aiming to single-handedly rule the metaverse. At this week's global conference for mobile application ecosystem Fairness in Seoul, South Korea, Epic Games co-founder and CEO Tim Sweeney spoke against closed software ecosystems in the wake of its legal battle with Apple and Google. In the same vein, he said that the metaverse is a broad concept and should not be controlled by a single entity. The metaverse is a term like the internet, said Sweeney, per a report from Bloomberg. No company can own it. The metaverse refers to the potential future evolution of the internet in which social interactions, games, and even work will increase, increasingly take place via avatars and 3D environments. User-owned... Actually, I gotta... Remind me. I gotta, I gotta talk about that. User-owned NFT assets, tokens used to represent ownership over digital items, are expected to play a large part in what... Ex- what's expected to be a series of shared interoperable online environments. Facebook has emerged as the largest potential players in the emerging space. At its annual conference last month, the company shared its vision for an online world in which users hang out, play games, and even work in such 3D spaces, as well as use NFTs to customize their spaces, collect digital merchandise, and more. Along with the demonstrations, Facebook rebranded its parent company to Meta. The company is investing heavily in the space and plans to hire 10,000 people from Europe as part of the push. 
The firm also says that it will build in collaboration with other creators and companies with CEO and co-founder Mark Zuckerberg claiming that it will build responsibly in the space. However, many in the crypto world fear the influence of a powerful centralized company like Facebook. Last month, Yatsui, co-founder and executive chairman of Animoca Brands, which has invested in dozens of crypto and metaverse startups, told Decrypt that he views Facebook and Chinese tech giants Tencent as threats to an open metaverse. We're kind of in a hurry to make this happen, Sue said, of building an open, composable metaverse before major players have a chance to exert power and establish structure. Epic's Sweeney similarly told Bloomberg that metaverse hopefuls are in a race to draw the largest audience of players and participants. Well, should I keep going? I think that's good. I think we get it. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> Open source. Of course. Well, I mean, the metaverse is the metaverse. It's like like uh, like I was said here that it's just like the internet. There's just not one version of the metaverse. There's if you can imagine it, it can happen in the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. It Can't is. wait. I think Can't I made wait. The, the analogy can't wait to uh, the go analogy. to the metaverse and, and pay my bills. Yeah. The uh, analogy I made previously about metaverse was like was from the movie uh, Ready Player One. The Oasis is just the you know twenty five years down the line version of what we're talking about now. Mm. I'm gonna take my ape with a banana and pay my bills. You know, you're gonna wear your taxes. ape your your boy board yacht ape club uh, avatar in in the uh, metaverse. <laughs> I am this ape. I am. And people are like, oh, you're old school, dude. One of the earliest NFTs. <laughs> All right. So Liam J. Kelly talks about crypto bartering network Enoma. Enoma? Enoma raises $26 million led by Polychain Capital. Mm. New crypto project is looking to bring the future of money back to its roots. Bartering. And with $26 million in fresh funding, Enoma Network has already turned a few heads. Probably turn them all the way around. Polychain led the round and was joined by Fifth Era, Electric Capital, and Zola Global, among others. The idea behind Anoma is simple. With all the advances in technology, digitization, and crypto and cryptography, why not expand into the original tenets of bartering, right? At its core, money has op- has operated as grease to smooth Vaseline? No. To smooth the transaction of goods between uh, various parties. Though you may have the latest Nike Air Jordans, for instance, that doesn't mean that you can that you can choose those shoes to buy your groceries. Or use those shoes, rather. No, you can't. Same thing with not being able to use gold. You can't use gold. You have to use ga- cash, right? Mm. Instead, you have to sell the sneakers for cold hard cash and then exchange that, that cash. Right. The above example already highlights some of the key failures of bartering as we understand it. First, you'll need to find a market for the item, i.e. Air Jordans. Uh, You're looking to exchange. And second, you'll want to make sure that the market also provides something valuable to you, i.e. groceries. Now, if you take this example and expand it to the country's entire economy, you get, well, there's actually already two out there. I've been using it for years. It becomes clear that this economy would grind to a halt. Money essentially solves this issue by making it easier to coordinate markets between different parties. It's an extra step in the exchange because it's kind of hard to trade your Air Jordans for therapy. 
anyways. But there's not really an alternative. Anomo, of course, believes that you could provide the alternative. The layer one protocol lets anyone create any kind of market, be it simple cryptocurrency swaps like Bitcoin for Ethereum, or something more complex like a batch of first edition NFTs for, say, carbon credits. Here's a tweet about that. Anoma fun fundamentally provides the most general implementation of the coordination mechanism. A spokesperson for Anoma told Decrypt, indicating that developers, community members, and market makers could design a bartering market for just about anything. The style of that market created is also flexible. Builders could whip up an automated market maker akin to Uniswap or develop a more traditional order book market similar to exchanges like Coinbase. Anoma doesn't half the concept of order books and pairs as they're traditionally understood from current designs. Instead, users write their own intents, which conceptually results in the user-defined order books at runtime, Anoma said. It could be argued that much of the flexibility pardon me, promised by Anoma already exists on platforms like Cosmos, Ethereum, and other smart contract-enabled blockchains. Investors, this latest round are, however, betting on a few key differences. Anoma will be a chain agnostic, meaning any token, regardless of token standard, could be swapped for any other token. This is brilliant, honestly. So if Alice wants to swap Bitcoin for Ethereum, she could do so without having to want a wrap the Bitcoin in an ERC token or to turn to a third party to make the swap for her. Additionally, Anoma comes built with zero knowledge privacy, meaning Alice's on-chain token swap would be hidden from onlookers. This privacy technology also assists in improving transaction speeds. The industry already has, um, has already seen, for instance, various zero knowledge implementations used to scale Ethereum. Whether these differences uh, will be enough to earn Anoma market share remains to be seen. But with additional financial backing, the team told Decrypt that they plan to continue expanding the nascent ec ecosystem of developers, validators, and community builders. Mm -hmm. I find this fascinating. I think uh, there is, like I said, there's a tool out there already I've been using for quite some time that already does this. It wasn't it wasn't blockchain based. So okay, it'll be but... interesting to see if people can pull this off. Yeah, yeah. But so is this the first one that's blockchain based? Um, probably just the biggest one. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember the name of the other one. I still have it's it's called Buns. Have you heard of Buns? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I, I, yeah, I can't remember what their I'm point is. But I still have their app on my I still have their app on my phone because mm. I just never got rid of it. But Buns, yeah, Buns, B U N Z, Buns. And they they were originally started in Toronto just for local stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, you can literally get their their buns token and exchange anything for buns, and then you can of course exchange any anything you find on it for buns. So it's it's still a fiat like exchange, but you can obviously exchange things for things if you think they're worth that. So you could you could post your thing for a buns value, and someone else could say, well, I think my thing is worth the same amount as your buns value. And then you can exchange them instead of having exchange for buns. Hmm. So. Interesante. All right. Next news written by Liam J. Kelly. Hmm. Is this a new person? I don't remember that. Liam. No. That, the last article was written by Liam J. Kelly. So this article oh. is also written by Liam yeah, J. Kelly. Sleeping on it already, huh? <laughs> uh, BlockFi <laughs> under SEC review over high yield Bitcoin Ethereum products report. 
Uh, BlockFi's high-yield crypto savings accounts are facing increased pressure from regulators in the U.S., and now the Securities and Exchange Commission is also investigating the firm, according to Bloomberg. The New Jersey-based crypto company lets users lend and borrow a wide variety of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as stablecoins such as USD Coin and Tether. What's more, the rate of return and the dollar-pegged cryptocurrencies far outpace those of banks. Currently, users can earn 9.5% on Tether's holding. For example, deposits in Bitcoin earn a yield interest of 4.5%. The SEC is now reviewing whether these interest-earning accounts, called BlockFi interest accounts or BIAs, are securities. If the commission determines that BIAs are indeed securities, then BlockFi would be operating without having first registered these products with the SEC. Financial regulators in Texas, Alabama, New Jersey, Kentucky, and Vermont have all raised similar concerns around BlockFi's products over the past several months. Regulators in New Jersey, for example, ordered BlockFi to stop offering its products to residents of the state. Uh, the, this is not the first time the SEC has taken aim in the crypto lending borrowing sector. In September, the commission threatened to sue Coinbase, according to CEO Brian Armstrong, if the company moved forward with its Lend product. Like BlockFi's BIAs, Lend would en enable users to earn 4% interest on their USD coin holdings. The San Francisco-based company eventually backed down and did not launch the product. Meanwhile, Celsius, a company that also offers interest on crypto holdings, is, likely, uh, is likewise facing regulatory scrutiny in many of the same states that are taking aim at BlockFi. Centralized companies aren't the, aren't the SEC's only objective, however. Uh, SEC Chair, Chairman Gary Gensler has also turned his attention towards the fast-growing decentralized finance space. Many of the decentralized projects like Aave and Compound uh, also offer yield-bearing instruments not dissimilar to BlockFi Celsius services. To that effort, Gensler said that decentralized finance platforms not only implicate, implicate securities law, some plat platforms can also implicate the commodities laws and the banking laws. All right. That is that, Senor. Of course. Stuff. Of course. <laughs> I'm still I'm still going to stick with uh with Celsius. All right, same here. It's still working for me. Ethereum wallet MetaMask reports 21 million users up 420% <laughs> since April. Wow. There's a coincidental number from Jeff Benson there. Consensus mm. Has recently weathered bad press over reported disputes among shareholders in the Ethereum software company, but numbers shared today as part of a $200 million fundraising announcement made clear people are using its products. Case in point, and a disclaimer: you're reading this article on Decrypt, which well, you're reading it from us on Decrypt that we're reading it from, which received funding as part of Consensus Mesh. The company announced today that its flagship portfolio product, the Ethereum wallet MetaMask, is being used by 21 million people each month. I'm one of those people. As recently as April, when DeFi act activity was ramping up and NFT mania was in full force, MetaMask had 5 million monthly active users. That's a 420% increase in the seven months. 11 million of those users have entered within the last three months as DeFi and NFT adoption showing no signs of abating. MetaMask's operation lead Jacob Cantel told Decrypt, most of our recent growth has, driven, has been driven by growth in the ga gaming vertical with hundreds of games topping our analytics charts. We're also seeing a greater diversification 
in use cases over time with people who onboarded to play a game discovering DeFi and more. Not only have MetaMask users grown over the years, so too have its services. At the outset, it was a browser plugin for Ethereum. Back in 2017, when Ethereum users rushed to buy up some of the first NFTs, CryptoKitties, they used MetaMask to send their ETH and claim their non-fungible tokens. The wallet was the on-ramp to decentralized finance, the application that enables people to borrow, lend, or trade funds without the approval of a third party, before DeFi had truly taken off. It had sent, it has since expanded to a mo to add a mobile app and other features that overlap with the DeFi applications it helped enable, including its swaps feature for trading Ethereum-based tokens. MetaMask boasts that the feature is behind more than $10 billion in in-app transactions since its unveiling in March. At the same time, the service has been working to move beyond retail trading with MetaMask Institutional so that big money players can move can more easily interact with the smart contracts that power DeFi. Indeed, the wallet remains ubiquitous to those moving Ethereum and Ethereum-based assets between platforms, for better or worse. I use it a lot for Binance, actually. Hmm. Review on open source community site SourceForge is SourceForge. I say that again. SourceForge is emblematic of popular sentiment around the tool. Honestly, it sucks to have to use this at all, but it's the best option for connecting altcoin wallets and exchanges and swaps and such. Even generally positive reviews note that it can be laggy and require too much manual effort. Amateur crypto trader Rick Johnson, who is one of the users MetaMask has gained this year, told uh, agreed telling Decrypt, it's not super intuitive, he added. MetaMask is definitely for somebody who's very familiar with cryptocurrency. I wouldn't dispute that. But Kent, oh, there's lots of YouTube videos you can figure out how to use it. But Kentel told Decrypt he's proud of what the ubiquitous wallet has accomplished. Our core mission is to democratize and decentralize uh, web, the decentralized web so that it is usable and accessible to everyone. While some player, some players, some projects have tried to take shortcuts to better user experience, we're working hard to launch UX improvements without compromising the user's security and privacy. Control. Uh, can tell rather cited new features that alert users to fake tokens and malicious airdrops important elements as uh, new tokens drop every single day metamask is not without competition in the crypto wallet space from the likes of rainbow and solana based phantom but it has a very large lead just as ethereum has proven its first mover advantage despite the its congestion issues and high transaction costs that can put off the established and amateur users like, so too has MetaMask. It, its head start has allowed it to expand beyond Ethereum into other blockchains, layer two networks, including Polygon, Binance Chain, and Celo, or Cello, whichever you want to call it. It's not likely to stop now. Rumors of a MetaMask token drop may have helped boost user numbers as yield hunters look to avoid missing out on the next Uni or ENS token. Not that consensus needs to raise any more funds. It disclosed a today $200 million financing round with a $3.2 billion valuation. Mm. It says the money will be used to expand MetaMask in all other in, in its other products. This is good. Finance, uh, MetaMask is a fairly useful tool. It's very nice to see functionality uh, work. So, but MetaMask, correct me if I'm wrong, but MetaMask is only for Ethereum, right? Or does it use nope. other chains? 
you can put other chains on. You can add whatever chain, whatever chain is supported by it. Like you said, Celo, Binance, and Poly are all supported. I know I use all all of them. So. So, but aren't those Ethereum based or? Oh, Binance isn't. Oh, well, yeah, Binance, of course, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, I guess I was overthinking that. And Celo's not Ethereum based anymore. It used to be, but they moved away. Oh, okay. It's their own chain. Mm-hmm. Ah. Interesting. I know this is this is what's weird me out too is because I when I originally bought Celo and got into that market, um, I bought it through Bittrex, and then when I went back to buy it again, they're like, "Sorry, this is not Ethereum anymore." Hmm. Oh, I didn't know when that changed, but okay. <laughs> All right, next news article written by Jeff John Roberts, Ethereum giant consensus valued at three point two billion dollars of on strength of MetaMask, Infra. Who is that? That's Duncan Rollin? Rollinson. Hmm. Ethereum Software Incubator Consensus announced on Wednesday that it has raised $200 million from Coinbase Ventures, HSBC, and the host of other investors. The funding round, which values the company at $3.2 billion, comes just six months after Consensus raised $65 million from JP Morgan and MasterCard. Since launching in 2014 as the topsy-turvy home of dozens of Ethereum startups, Brooklyn-based Consensus has evolved into a behemoth of Web3 era thanks to its flagship products, Wallet, MetaMask, and Ethereum developer kit Infura. Consensus also funds the ed editorial ed 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 editorially independent Decrypt. Consensus CEO Joe Lubin, who was a co-founder of Ethereum, says the company's operations are profitable and it has plenty of capital on its balance sheet, as well as a treasury of ETH and other tokens. But he says Consensus has, de has decided to raise outside funds in order to facilitate hyper growth and to facilitate potential acquisitions. In describing the company's evolution, Lubin says Consensus worked to fashion the scattered startups it funded into a cohesive hub for Ethereum software developers. He likens the company to a flywheel powered by Infura and other services that will help de developers build Web3 apps, with MetaMask serving as a consumer gateway for many of those apps. According to Consensus, MetaMask has grown 36-fold in the last year and now has 21 million monthly users. MetaMask makes money from a service called Swaps, used by DeFi users, and from taking a commission when the user converts fiat currency to Ethereum directly into the wallet. In the last year, Consensus has been also promoting an in, in institutional version of the wallet. Simon Morrison Excuse me, Simon Morris, the company's chief strategy officer, likens Consensus flywheel approach to Amazon, which is also known for rapidly entering a wide variety of markets. But he adds that unlike the shopping and cloud serving uh, serv service giant, Consensus does not intend to compete with the services uh, with the services it supports. Okay, let's scroll on down here. This is a larger article here. Let's go on down. See what's going on over here. Okay, cool. In the coming year, Lubin says the software branch of Consensus plans to expand a new division focused on NFTs and potentially software develop development tools for gaming and other content. As for the long term, Consensus has no immediate plans to follow in the footsteps of fellow crypto giant Coinbase by going public. According to Morris, the company may do so one day, but is waiting in part on regulators to permit an IPO process that includes token sales. We'd prefer to become a public company using our own tools and ecosystems rather than an old-fashioned listing on NASDAQ, says Morse. 
As for building brands awareness, one of the company's two main priorities, Lubin says, Consensus doesn't plan to emulate the sports marketing strategy of exchange giant FTX, which has been plastering its logo on baseball uh, umpires uh, and an NBA arena. That's not our style, says Lubin, adding that if Consensus has sporting ambition, it will be along the lines of building Ethereum-based sports platforms. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Consensus. All right, next one. Emily Tanelli says, or writes, Sand Token jumps 37% as the sandbox opens the doors of its metaverse, 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 metaverse. Cryptocurrency of metaverse platform, the sandbox, has surged over 36% following the announcements of the sandbox alpha, which means it hasn't even really started for everybody. The first opportunity for players to get hands-on with the NFT-powered virtual world. They're literally still selling uh, land and and avatar skins and all kinds of anyways. I'm there. Let me get into it. Sandbox Alpha will run for three weeks from November 29th to December 20th. Well, and will enable players to participate in 18 different games. You will need a fungible token NFT to access all of them. Three multiplayer experiences, the NFT Institute Dungeon of Dumb, <laughs> Dumb Ease, Dummies, Dummies, <laughs> the Club XYZ, and will be made uh, available to all players while the remaining 15 will require an AlphaPass NFT. AlphaPass NFT holders will also be able to take part in a multiplayer play-to-earn play or PTE tournament. Only 5,000 AlphaPasses will be created, with the first 1,000 raffled off to owners of the platform's land tokens. The remaining 4,000 will be allocated as prizes to players who take part in daily activities. The term originally coined in Neil Stephens' 1992 uh, novel, Snow Crash, the metaverse describes a persistent virtual universe in which users interact with each other as as digital avatars. It's made up of a number of shared online spaces that can be used for social interactions, games, and even work. Now that you've heard this, we're never going to read that again. The Sandbox is one of a number of crypto-powered metaverse platforms, including Decentraland and CryptoVoxels, all three uh, use NFTs, oh, pardon me, all three use NFTs, cryptographically unique tokens to assign ownership of digital assets such as costumes, artifacts, and virtual land parcels to players. In the sandbox, those NFTs include content from brands including Atari, Care Bears, and Smurfs. Users can mint their own NFTs for monetization and share their created worlds with other users as well. This is all done using the native token SAND, an ERC-20 token that can be easily traded into crypto to make it profitable, except that every single transaction will be inexpensive. Ultimately, the idea that the users will be able to move their digital assets between metaverse platforms, taking an item of virtual clothing from Decentraland and wearing it in the sandbox, for example. In recent weeks, Metaverse platforms have seen their token prices surge as major brands have made moves into the space. In October, Facebook rebranded as Meta with Founderberg, 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 yes, Founderberg. founder Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> Tim Apple, Mark Zuckerberg announcing that the uh, company is moving from being Facebook first to a company to being uh, Metaverse first. Microsoft is also experimenting with the Metaverse, overhauling its Microsoft Teams productivity app to include 3D avatars and virtual meeting environments. And earlier this month, Nike applied for a number of patents relating to virtual goods as part of its own metaverse push. I'm, I'm, 
I was interested in this. I actually got in, you know, made an account, tried to get into the alpha, but I refuse to pay Ethereum fees unless they right. come from 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 my Ethereum departing my Celsius wallet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't get into so. the uh, into the Sand Token because it was being uh, uh, listed as an ICO. I think you're oh, actually I mean, around, was... right? You're around. Yep, yep. No, I I was already trying to buy the sand token just because I could see the price going up so much. But it was like, I don't I don't like interacting with things that I mean even even tokens based off Ethereum. Mm -hmm. you know, they're sitting on top of Ethereum. I just and I'm not saying I don't have them. I do have them. It's just that I don't like. This is the reason. I mean, it's the same reason I didn't buy Bitcoins because I mean, yes, Bitcoin you can do Lightning and stuff, but it, it's like I don't want to pay fifty bucks just to move fifty bucks. Right. Right. Nobody, I don't think anybody does. Obviously, some people are like, well, if you pay 50 bucks, you're going 50 bucks now, and that 50 bucks becomes $200,000, it was well worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that's true. But I, I wanted to use Ethereum to do transactions, right? So it, it just, no, I'm not going to go into my, my hatred of this problem right now. So. All right. Bitcoin Written by Stephen or Stefan? Stefan Graves. Stephen? Stefan. It's Stefan. No, it's Stephen. Well, there's no I know it's spelled P H. I know it's spelled P-H-E-N, but I would bet you that he pronounces it Stephen. Stephen. Stephen Graves. U.S. Justice Department to compensate BitConnect victims with $56 million in seized crypto. The U.S. Justice Department will sell $56 million worth of seized cryptocurrencies from the number one promoter of the crypto Ponzi scheme BitConnect to compensate victims of the fraud. Per an announcement from the U.S. Justice Department, the government will sell the cryptocurrencies and hold the proceeds and U.S. dollars ahead of using the proceeds to provide restitution to the victims pursuant to the future restitutions ordered by the court at sentencing. The cryptocurrency was seized from, uh, from Glenn Arcano, 44, who pleaded guilty to participating to a true in a $2 billion conspiracy to defraud BitConnect investors. Arcana will be sentenced on January 7th, 2022, and faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. Potential victims of the BitConnect scheme are encouraged to visit a justice.gov website for information on their rights to identify themselves as a victim and submit to the impact statement. One of the most infamous crypto scams of all time, BitConnect, built itself as a cryptocurrency investment platform that offered huge returns based on a proprietary trading bot. In fact, the bot didn't exist. It was a Ponzi scheme that rewarded participants based on the number of people that bought into the scheme. Propped up by the pyramid scheme, BitConnect's BCC cryptocurrency rose to become one of the to become one of the 20 biggest Cryptos by market cap, market cap valued at around four hundred dollars. Following investigations from from regulators in Texas and North Carolina, BitConnect shut down its lending and exchange platforms, prompting a collapse in the price of BCC two hundred thirty dollars. In May twenty twenty one, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission charged five BitConnect promoters reaching a twelve million dollar settlement in August. A month later, the SEC sued BitConnect for its founder Satish Kumbhani and Arcano in the first uh, action against BitConnect's management. 
U.S. government crypto seizure. This isn't the this isn't the first occasion on which the U.S. government has sold off seized cryptocurrency. In 2014, the U.S. Marshals sold uh, off over 30,000 big big <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> Bitcoin, then worth around 19 million dollars, seized from uh, defunct dark web marketplace Silk Road. It was scooped up by venture capitalist Tim Draper, whose haul is now worth one, over $1.8 billion. The U.S. Marshal sold another 4,000 BTC of seized Bitcoin in February 2020, then worth around $37 million. Its value has since shot up to over $240 million. Jesus. The U.S. Marshal would probably have been way more rich if they just held on to that, right? Exactly. Jesus. All right. Bitconnect. I had to do it, man. Come on, I had to do it. Now everybody yeah, can just, suffer we, the. We just. Everybody can we, suffer we the way I suffered. <laughs> when we I, just weren't. We weren't drinking every single time you said it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. Andrew Askmakov. Avalanche hits all-time high above one hundred dollars as DeFi ecosystem crosses ten million. That's that's all I need. News I need to read it. There you go. That. Perfect. And then the last article was something we read earlier, which is Crypto.com pays reported $700 million for naming rights to Lakers, Cryptos Arena. We already read that. So. Perfect. Not something I'm really all that into, but maybe we can find another piece of news that's newsworthy. Pharrell Williams, an NFT creator, helped form DAO to protect artist rights. That's always a good thing. That's brilliant. That's yeah. a brilliant. I'm going to read that one right yeah. there. Well, hold on. I just, before you, while you're loading that up, I'm going to read this. Quentin, uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino shooed by Miramax over Pulp Fiction NFTs. We read that. Can you believe that? We read that. As, what was yep. it last week? And now he's yeah. being sued. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, probably something went wrong. <laughs> you don't own this. We own this. Um, he's like, damn it. I created this. Yeah, it doesn't mean you own it. Mm. Pharrell Williams and NFT creators helped form a DAO to protect artist rights. I'm glad that Pharrell Williams is doing this. Any art of uh, the uh, artist, it's written by two people, Jason Nelson and Jeff Benson. Many artists bristle control and limitations, and while some have turned to non-fungible tokens as a new revenue stream, they've run into fresh restrictions related to ownership and participation. Surprise, surprise. CIXP Labs, a software development company focused on the NFT API integration, announced today that the launch of the CIPX, pardon me, CXIP, I said that backwards, DAO, uh, with the goal of letting creators govern and oversee the future of the NFT market instead of semi-centralized marketplace like OpenSea and Rarible. Its advisory council includes recording artist and entrepreneur Farrell Williams, visual artist Jen Stark, and Justin Aversano, whose Twin Flames collections has recent has registered about 1.8 or pardon me 18.4 million in trading volume all of in trading volume all time according to NFT marketplace OpenSea. CXIP doesn't exactly roll off the tongue uh, and isn't a household name, even in homes that own cryptocurrency. But the NFT minting platform founded in 2020 is seeking to represent artists on three emerging issues, making sure they get paid royalties from NFT sales, allowing creators to own and own the smart contracts they use to move their tokens and ensuring that digital assets won't get, don't get lost. Makes sense. It's not something that most creative types can handle, but CXIP founder and CEO Jeff Gluck, an intellectual property lawyer, thinks it needn't be an ordeal. Anything in NFT should not be difficult. The creators, and they're not, as John can tell you, 
should not be tied to a specific marketplace or service provider to do it, Luck said in a press release. Venting should be a free and open action. CXIP promises creators on its platform will receive what they right, are rightfully due without middlemen or registries true to the blockchain and Web3 spirit. Formation of the DAO, will, which will oversee the marketplace via the current, concurrently launched CXIP token, is the next, next step. Boost membership in two ways. First, it has brought on big name creatives in addition to Williams, Aversano, and Stark, contemporary artist Daniel Arsham, and artist and pro skater Chad Knight will serve as advisors along with Gluck. Second, it's casting a wide net stating that every creator who has ever minted an NFT on Ethereum will be able to claim CXIP tokens and join the CXIP DAO. And here is a tweet. According to CXIP, DAO members will be able to vote on proposed features and innovations and manage the community treasury focusing on governance, NFT royalties, metadata, and contracts. CXIP Labs says there are no plans to integrate with all major NFT markets and even allow, pardon me, plans to integrate, not to not, let me say that again. CXIP says there are plans to integrate with all major NFT marketplaces and even allow creators to register their work with US Copyrights Office or USPTO. If, of course, that feeds the DAO's creative spirit. So I think that uh, this is brilliant. This is this is probably uh, absolutely music and movie producers' worst, worst fear. They're like, what? We own the fact that was what you're talking about with that other article with uh, um, Quentin Tarantino being sued by Miramax over Pulp Fiction <laughs> NFTs. He's probably going, dang it, if only I had if this DAO to keep me. C yeah, yeah, exactly. CXIP, come on, Quentin Tarantino. Got to get into that, man. Right. Cool. All right. Uh, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, I think so too. All right, well. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, do your thing, Jake. Last thing in the end here. We appreciate you hanging on as long as you had in this hour long, um, uh, podcast that we typically do on Wednesdays. But if you, if you appreciate a competent, we would also appreciate if you would give us a like, and if you want to hear more of our stuff, you can subscribe and hit the notification bell because we post every Wednesday and Sunday on YouTube and Anchor and pretty much every platform that is available out there. You can check us out on Discord, but you can also check us out on Twitter because even though we had originally planned to do most of our chill, chill and chats on Sunday, mm. they've been happening constantly. So you can yeah. definitely find Blockchain John in those. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to follow him on Twitter, you'll probably be able to find out all those I'm just chill and chats just that are going crypto on. Crypto stuff, man. There's just <laughs> yeah, so much crypto stuff. It's just unbelievable. There's, there's so tons much of it. people, yes. man. It, this, yes. I think Twitter Spaces really, really just like blew down the. Yeah, blew down the doors, right? And just let everybody be a, a host of, of like the, a podcast. And there's a lot of good people out there, man. I'm jumping every every single day to different different spaces, and there's such good content out there, man. It's, it's my it's my new addiction right now. I love it because they're they're really yep. feeding me solid information. Uh, I love it. Love it. I'm actually going there right I, now. I like it too. <laughs> exactly. Afterwards to go right on. Anyways, we're also on Patreon. And uh, if you'd like to support us on any of the uh, 
to any cryptos that we currently accept, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, and Basic Attention Token. All the descriptions are in the link below. Back to you, John. Below, 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 below. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Until next time, Cryptonauts, Stack Sats, and Huddle. Adios.